navy blue Victoria. As he uses his feet and goes again through mid-wicket. That's an even better shot from the Victorian captain. Swept away very nicely by Nicole Bottom for four. Oh, he's re-given! That is 50. The man from Northcote. And welcome to another edition of the Vic State Cricket Podcast. I'm Adam White and I must confess I'm really looking forward to this episode because we have got international cricket royalty in with us today. And to help me interview a very special person is another very special person, Taylor Velamik. I've pretty much got it right, Taylor. I've <laughs> tried hard to practice the, the surname, but uh, it's great to have you part of uh, the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. You've done pretty well, to be honest. Uh, there's a lot of variations that get thrown around and that was probably one of the better ones. No, so very good. Very Thank well you. done. Excellent. Excellent. What have you been up to? Not a lot, to be fair. Um, a lot of hours in the in the gym down downstairs. Um, yeah, doing some rehab and, yeah, about off a yeah, bit of study. Um, been doing a little bit of ballet in the background. Um, I'll ask you about that a little bit later. Yeah, on. it's been a talking point. Everyone thinks I'm, like, going in there and, like, actually dancing and, like, doing classes and stuff. And um, for people that know me, like, that would be the most foreign thing um, ever. So that's definitely not the case. It's more just, like, going in and doing rehab with different people. But, um, yeah, it's been cool. So apart from that, not a lot. Will we see you in the WBBL or not quite? Nah, no, not this, not this season. Hopefully the next one with the Gates. So, yeah. Okay, we'll get back to that uh, shortly. <laughs> now, when I – now, we try and partner – Current Victorian players up with former Victorian players. Now, we think this is a, a fairly logical partnership. When I mention the name Catherine Fitzpatrick, what do you think of? I don't know if Fitz is going to like this, but, like, from her playing days, quite, like, intimidating, um, which I like as a fast bowler, I suppose. I also think, like, my first time I met Fitz was, like, as our underage um, – so I was in, like, talent camp and she was, like, our coach – um, so I kind of know Fitz is more of a coach, I suppose, than so much as a player. I wasn't a huge follower of cricket. Um, I played a lot of soccer growing up, so I never really got to watch Fitz play. But, um, yeah, I know him more as a coach and obviously I've YouTubed some Catherine Fitzpatrick highlights in my time. But, um, yeah. So scary bowler, what, scary about, a, what about a coach? Scary coach? <laughs> no. No. Uh, no, not scary at all. No. We were very on, we were on time to most things and early just in case, but <laughs> nah, not overly scary. All right, Catherine Fitzpatrick, welcome. Thank you. Were you happy with that? Did Taylor go okay there? <clears throat> oh, I think any young kid coming into um, programs that were run by CA or CV would uh, feel intimidated just even prior to walking in. So let alone in that, that people running the program sort of um, set the guidelines and stuff. So not surprised at all that uh, Taylor would think it was a bit of a uh, – Tough regime, maybe. That's what she's trying to say. Um, but, yeah, but they, they, yeah, as I said, the young players coming through are feeling that even before they put the foot in the door. So not surprised at all. So as a, as a coach, were you the same as a player? Like we think of you as a player as being that aggressive fast bowler and hugely successful. But as a, a bit of white line fever maybe. But as a coach, what were you like? Or what are you like? Yeah, I, th I think it's probably not a question for me. It's probably a question for players. But um, I think I tried to be fair. Um, I certainly uh, – one of my philosophies was to, to treat everybody um, – to be consistent in, in treating them differently um, because they're not all the same. Um, so it's not about different rules as such. So we had a, a set of, of guidelines or, um, you know, some – yeah, and they were rules of, of how we wanted to be – to behave as a group um, and that was more around our culture. Um, but outside of that, each individual was treated differently because we can't treat everyone the same. Uh, mm. Everyone's got different needs and uh, different, I guess, um, reasons for being there. Um, so, so that's what I try to do. Um, 
Uh, whether or not I achieved that, I don't know. I hopefully, hopefully I did. Um, probably a bit more empathetic than most people realise as well. Um, so I certainly think that I'm was in tune to to um, how the team was travelling and used the support staff really well. So I think that as a, as a uh, background team off the field, I think we, we tried really hard to make sure that um, we were looking after people. Um, and that was by, as I said, utilising uh, our skills as as um, as a support staff. Yep. Um, and so we tried to do that. You don't always get it right, but our intentions were always um, to, to try and do that as best we could. And I think during my time as coach, we had a lot of success both on and off the field, you know. One of our philosophies also was to ensure that we were developing people, not just cricket players. So um, I look at back in my early days as coaching a young Rachel Haynes um, and captain in Victoria. Um, certainly she displayed the leadership qualities then, but um, also her, her development off the field is something that I look back on and really proud of Rachel's how she's, you know, uh, played the game, but as well as how um, she's managed to advocate behind the scenes and off the field as well for, for good change and stuff like that. So they're the things that make you happy and proud. Yeah. Taylor, you're nodding. You sort of, yeah, it's I'll, resonating with you. Yeah. I just think like I've got a couple of like things that stick out um, from, you know, Fitzy coaching me in the past and most stuff from Victoria. Um, Fitzy did a bit of work with fast bowlers a couple of years ago. And um, for me, firstly, I found that like the more I invested and the more I gave Fitz, the more she gave me. And I found, felt like that was a really cool thing because the more I invested in my bowling, the more questions I had um, to give to Fitz the more invested Fitz was in my bowling as well, which um, which I thought was really cool because it placed a lot of ownership on me to to drive the conversations. But then whenever, whatever Fitz gave back, you knew was was gold. Um, and then as well, like I think I, I still remember it to this day, we had a game um, up in Brizzy at AB Field um, and we got smacked. Like it was against Queensland. I remember I was like, I reckon it would have been my first or second season. I was so nervous. Like I was, the ball was going everywhere. Like I was trying to run in and bowl fast and I had absolutely no idea where the ball was going. I think Hayley Brennan might have been down the other end. She was also a young class bowler. Our whole squad was super young. And I remember we went into the change rooms and the, our coach at the time got a little bit, not not overly stuck into us, but a little bit stuck into us because I reckon we probably bowled like 15 wides between us. And I don't remember if you'll remember this, Fitz, but Fitz piped up in the team meeting at the end and, and kind of just backed us up and said that we're young fast bowlers, we're going to make mistakes and that she doesn't want us to change what we've been doing because we had a game the next day. And I think for me, like that was, I still remember it because I was like, that really helped in the, in the situation. Yep. I think that sums up what, what Fitzy says about the empathy she had for our players as well. Like you, she, you always knew she had your back, um, which I think was really cool. Do you look after the fast bowlers? Oh, I, of course I've got a soft spot. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. A lot of people talk about, um, you know, like the, the leggies, you know, the leggies in the game, they've got the hardest job, to, you know, Spare all that me. sort of stuff. But I think the like, like slight mistakes from the quicks are generally heavy, heavily penalised on the scoreboard, you know. If I'm a spinner and I might get my line marginally wrong, you know, they might run me for a single into the covers or wherever they might do that. But as a quick, if you get it marginally wrong, it's generally flying to the boundary and sometimes over the boundary and that's just a slight mistake. So And, and to run in fast and to be able to – that dynamic stability to control your body – um, and to try and get the sequences right every time so that you can get the ball where you want. I reckon it's bloody tough. So, you know, I, I yeah, of course, <laughs> of course I got their, their backs. You know, and we train like, um, you know, like you're running in and your, your training volumes are high and then you've still got to do all the running everyone else is doing, um, you know, and you've got to work hard on your, your batting, your bowling and your fielding. You know, sometimes I used to look at the batters and just say, geez, they get fun, you know, have a bit of fun. They just uh, roll out in the nets, we bowl to them and, and they go and dive around in the field and do that sort of stuff where we're doing, you know, an extra skill set. So, yeah, I'm always going to have their backs. <laughs> was it always fast bowling? Was that something that you 
were always just able to do, that it came naturally to you? Oh, I, I don't think it was natural. I think, um, look, every, I think kids growing up, when I was playing back in the day, we, we were backyard cricketers, front yard cricketers, schoolyard cricketers, we were those, those sorts of things. Um, the environment that we were playing in um, kind of dictated what we did and didn't do a little bit. You know, you, I hear stories of former players that would, they're strong on the onside as a player because, you know, the offside in the nets, there was, it was a double net. So, that, you know, I think it was Jamie Siddons didn't want to walk over and pick the ball up if he played it into the net. It was too far. So he'd work more, more balls onto the onside and stories like that. And for me growing up, um, and I've said this many a times, and, um, but I'd play with my brother and I'd have to convince him to come out and play um, and he'd always bat first. And then if I got him out, he decided he didn't want to play anymore. So uh, he was, uh, there's a few words for it. Um, but you could say he was not a very good sportsman. But there is another word I use more frequently <laughs> um, about that. So that just kind of made me a bit, you know, a bit annoyed. Um, but I wanted to keep playing. So I'd keep running in and keep bowling. So I guess I'd grip my teeth. And um, But I think there's a lot of things that contribute to it, you know. I think your genetics play a part. Um, but as well as your desire, you've got to want to do it. And it is hard work. Um, but certainly my action... Uh, back in the day was not not a great one. And as Tay said earlier, like I was that young fast bowler bowling, coming in running fast and the, the nets, if you're in the nets, it was like a pinball machine, you know, the ball would be <laughs> yeah. pinging off here and pinging off there. But, you know, I knew people were a bit intimidated by the pace when I got it right. Um, but if I didn't know where, where it was going, neither do they. Um, but, yeah, so once it, uh, my action didn't get refined until I was around 22 and ha- happened and really fortunate to come across Johnny Harmer um, that got my action really um, refined and... Um, you know, got me to stay on the park a whole lot longer and probably increase speed a little bit as well. Um, so, yeah, I think your desire to do, do so, your mechanics um, really helps and your genetics. And what about personality as well, the the personality to, to want to compete, to be aggressive? Does that come into it as well or is it more a white line fever type of thing that people often talk about when it comes to, to athletes across multiple sports? Where does the, almost the, the, the fear factor come from? Yeah, I think um, I think when you've got a point of difference and you realise that you're doing something that that stands out from other people, and that's what my experience as a club cricket in the nets, I certainly realised that people were kind of not necessarily wanting to come in and, and bat in the net that I was bowling in. Um, so you kind of um, you start to realise you do have a point of difference, um, and then other people sort of nurturing you through that. So I had a lot of great club cricketers around me to to try and um, you know steer. I was too too aggressive as a young club cricketer. Um, and what somebody pointed out to me is if, if I'm, you know, throwing the toys out the cot on the field, then um, if I was bowling, if I've bowled a bad delivery and I'm, you know, getting the shits with myself or something like that, then it's actually you want your teammates around you supporting you. But but this um, one of my teammates made me realise that actually people are, are standing back. They're actually not – you're trying to bring people along with you and they're not coming because they don't want to – if you're going to make a mistake or if they make a mistake, they think that, you know, you're going to – and I was – I was throwing the toys out, but not at them, at myself. And that, that was a really good lesson as a young player to learn um, because your team wants you up and about. I think there's nothing better um, when your team, what's, whatever's happening in the field, you need a breakthrough and the ball gets thrown to the quick. I think players all get up on their toes because they think what's going to happen here. Um, so I think it's, it's an important component of it, but it's got to be controlled, you know, and you've got to that. And that's something I learned a lot later in my career as well. How do I actually work this to my advantage. I've got plenty of wickets on terrible balls just through reputation, you know, Um, and I'm okay with that because I missed out on a few too along the way, (laughs) mind you. Um, But, yeah, so it's a a really important component. But if you can harness the right way, then, you know, you'll drag people along with you. Um, Yeah, so I want to ask both of you this question about having the the tag or the the reputation as being 
one of the fastest bowlers in the world. Now, for you, you were the fastest bowler in the world. But with that comes pressure to go out there and actually bowl fast, um, to to live up to that mantle. What's that like? Um, I liked it, but that pressure, I didn't didn't think it was external. Um, I felt it internal. I always wanted to play well every day. I remember... um, towards the end of my career um, in a meeting and it wasn't, it was just uh, the coach at the time, uh, myself as a vice captain and, and our captain, which was Belinda. Remember the game, it was a state game and the coach mentioning that a particular player, you know, she was um, um, probably a fringe player but getting opportunities here and there and saying, oh, there's no one under more pressure than than her to perform. So I sort of took a little, I thought, well, every time any player walks out, there's pressure. I don't think there's more pressure on my Like I, I felt if I didn't perform, then I'm letting my team down. But also there was an expectation, as you talk about, there's an expectation every time to, to bowl quick or to perform. So, um, But I didn't mind that. Um, and I thought that was, you know, that was my responsibility to come in and do that. And I'd be disappointed in myself if I didn't perform well. So that's just part and parcel of, of the sport. Mm. So Taylor, to you, as a young emerging player that plays in an era where there's speed guns on the coverage and all those sorts of things and you start pushing the needle further and further and bowling really quickly, how do you cope with that? I think it's similar to Fitz. Like I like I personally want to bowl fast because I know that's what the team needs. So for me it's like I don't – it doesn't make me nervous being like I've got to bowl, like I've got to bowl fast because that's what I want to do anyway. Like it, it seems kind of – Straight, and it's a weird one because, like, you go to team meetings and stuff before the game and, like, you know, there's always one or two players for the other team that hate a bouncer or, like, that are scared of fast bowling, right? So you go into a team meeting and then you'll sit down and everyone's like, what's the plan for this person? They'll be like, oh, bring Tay on and she'll come around the wicket and she'll do this, this and this. And, like, in the t- at the moment you're like, oh, like, you know, the pressure's on, like, you know, I've got to get this person out by doing this and this and this and it's only me that can do it and rah, rah, rah. But then, like, you actually sit back and think about it and you're like, well, like, I want to get everyone out anyway. So it really doesn't matter. Like... I think the pressure that I put on myself is probably probably very similar to what Fitz said. Like the pressure I put on myself to bowl well and for me bowling well is bowling quick is just the same as what everyone else puts on as well. So I think it's not really any different. I think it's just that I suppose it's a little bit different to everyone else in the team, I suppose. But, yeah. Do you keep a, an eye on the, the speed gun or do you want to know how fast you are bowling or do you actually know how fast you're bowling, just the feel and the biomechanics and the, the way the ball's coming out of the hand? I think you kind of know yourself, like, and often it's when I'm not trying to bowl ridiculously fast. Like the days where, you, you know, you, you get that extra bit of adrenaline and you're like, I've got to run in and bowl fast today or you feel under pressure and stuff. They're often the days where it doesn't quite go right and you'll try and run in too hard and then everything's too fast and you, by the time you get to the crease, your body's in a thousand different spots. And um, so I think the days when I'm just like relaxed and Matthew Mott, our ex-coach, like that was something he always knew because I always get quite nervous playing. And he said the last thing, he wouldn't really talk to me much about my bowling. Um, we had a bowling coach and stuff and he would kind of stay in his lane in the batting stuff. And But just before every game he'd, he'd be like, just relax, Tay, just relax and just run in properly, run in properly. And it was always the run-up. He'd be like, don't run in too hard. And that was like the last thing he'd say to me. Um, and I think that's just like shows exactly it. Like the, the harder you try sometimes, the slower it comes out or it goes literally everywhere. So, um, Yeah. Did you have a brother or a sister or a cousin or a yeah. or a dad that or an uncle that that you tried to get out in the backyard that that saw you just finally this is going all right here actually can bowl pretty quick or terrify people at school yeah well similar fits as well like my so my brother he's well, it's his birthday today actually what does he turn 20, 20 or twenty one um, and he no he's twenty one sorry sorry James um, <laughs> pretty important birthday, yeah I know huh? I know um, but so he was an opening bat and he'd like he used to 
bat with like since he was like two or three, right? And it was his favourite thing ever. So we had this net set up in the backyard. So we'd get home from school. We'd normally have some sort of sport training on like soccer or cricket, like basketball or something. And then we'd go into the backyard. So by this point it's like 5, 5.30 and then he'd drag dad out with him and then we'd get into the net and, you know, dad would throw and whatever and I'd kind of just stand around and watch a little bit and then I'd start warming up and just like dad would like lose, you know, he'd lose endurance after a while. So he'd sit, he'd sit aside and then I'd get the ball and I'd start running into bowl and I'd bowl for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever, until he was done. And then it was always like he'd just time it perfectly because he was bowls these like pus offies, like <laughs> they're horrific. Like, yeah, anyway, he, he didn't love bowling. So it gets, you know, that time frame where it was like just enough time for it to look like he'd offered me a bat, but know that there was only five minutes before it'd get dark. So I'd chuck his like old sweaty kid on, like jump down the end and then he'd bowl like these offies at me for like five minutes. And then he'd be like, oh, it's, can you see? It's getting pretty dark, isn't it? Like with the red ball, oh, it's getting pretty dark and go inside. So I still blame him to this day is the fact that I bowled at bat number 11 and have never elevated from that position because I, I don't reckon I batted until probably my first Vic program in like under 16s or 17s. <laughs> like it was pretty bad. But, um, yeah, that's literally how it started. Like I just bowled to him. And it wasn't until I was probably 15 or 16 that – 15 I reckon um, – I would bowl to him at his, at his – um, he had like batting lessons and I'd, you know, just like one-on-ones with his coach and I'd just rock up and like at the end of the thing he'd give me six balls and like because no one knew where they were going, right, so I couldn't bowl the whole <laughs> session otherwise he'd get nothing out of it. So I'd bowl like six at the end or something like that and then he'd be like, oh, you know, well done. And they were a couple short for a girls' team one day and so they gave me a, gave me a cap and that's where it started. rest is history. Yeah. So I want to do a bit of a, not as much a social experiment, but. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> grow, growing up. Yeah. Who did you idolise as a cricketer? Now, you're still very young yourself now, yeah. but who, who are the ones that, and I'm not going to just straight out, who, who yeah. would be the ones that you would look up to as I want to be like this person? Well, for me it was probably Mitch Stark was the, the first one. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, um, Pat Cummins. But okay. Yeah. Now what about you, Catherine? It was definitely like was, there's a couple to be honest. So when I was um, – you know, like Dennis Lilly was was rolling around when I was watching cricket and so I used to love doing that. And similar, I didn't really um, – the females were playing at the time but I wasn't – you know, we weren't on the back page of the, the mm. paper so I wasn't really aware of, but aware of the team. But when I started actually um, coming through the pathway system and playing a lot of club cricket, I came across – and club cricket back in the day was, was ferocious, you know, like um, that's where we played most of our cricket. And so I was really lucky enough to play against Rayleigh Thompson and Sharon Treadray and – Kerry Saunders, a lot of really good Victorian and Australian players. So once I actually started playing club cricket and got to meet these people, I, I was in the in the library because we didn't have computers, we didn't have Google, and um, yeah. so you know, like trying to find as much as I could. So um, Rayleigh Thompson and both Sharon Treadray were players that I really because they were both, you know, quick bowlers, both captain Australia as well. Um, but uh, and and Rayleigh was really kind to me as a young player coming through and and put an ex- extra time Sunday morning sessions we'd go over to Essendon and um, and she was gen- very generous with her time so it was um, initially Dennis Lee and then it was um, both Sharon and Rayleigh yeah so how exciting is it for you that you've been involved in cricket for such a long period of time is that now as girls are growing up they're wanting to be the next Taylor or they're wanting to bat like the next Meg as opposed to having it to be a male cricketer. Is that is that important to you or is that or is everyone now just cricketers? Yeah, no, I, I think it's important. When when I retired, whenever that was, uh, 
that's a long time ago now. I can say <laughs> 10 years ago and 10 years ago it was 10 years ago. Um, so but, um, one of the things that um, somebody asked me and I remember this and it's written down somewhere is, you know, where will women's cricket be in 10 years' time? And I said, on television. And I think that's the biggest shift in the game is that we've, we've – I think the game's always been fantastic uh, and the way that the, the women before us played the game, played the game so well. Um, and the fact that now eyeballs were on it, that's what's really, you know – thrown it into the, the you know, um, the next sort of um, the universe, I guess you can say that, but whatever. But um, but the thing that I like about it is, um, you know, what you say is really important and, and it doesn't, you know, if somebody says they want to be the next Mitchell Stark or the next Elise Perry or Taylor Vlamic, it's the same, same. They're watching cricket, which is what we want. We've captured them, so they're understanding who those players are. But what I really like about how the game is grown is it's actually brought people back to the game. So, um I see players of my era quite often if there's a function on, um, but I never used to see Rayleigh or Sharon come to those functions or players before us. So what this explosion has done has brought those players back and they're getting the recognition they deserve. So during their playing time, they didn't get it. And even post, um, they weren't spoken about enough. And and these are women that have done, and even before Sharon, you know, get back to, um, you know, like Betty Wilson um, mm. and players like that. They did so much to make sure that the game you know, stayed strong and it was a strong game. Mm. Um, and so I think that's that's what I really like about it. I you know, love that it's on the tally and all the opportunities are coming and young girls, there's a, a defined pathway that was never there. How many girls didn't play cricket that could play cricket um, because they lived in a country town or they lived in, a, in an area where there was no girls' team? So it's really bloody difficult to be the only girl in a boys' team. You mm. never see, you know, some young boy running around being the only boy in the netball team. You know, yeah. it just doesn't happen. But there was an expectation back then, well, if the girls want to play, they can just play with the boys. Like, that's pretty bloody daunting. And the expectation that that was okay. Um, so now that those pathways, we're attracting more. But we, we've got to do more than attract. We've got to retain. And I think by having players and good role models that we get the opportunity to retain. But as I said, my, the biggest thing that I love, I love seeing all the oldies come back and connect. And their stories are fantastic. And they're not sanitised. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the thing. And I remember watching Sharon when she was inducted into the, um, you know, the Australian Hall of Fame and that's what she said. She, she wouldn't change it. Like um, she was asked the question around, um, you know, what was it, you know, what was it like and the travelling and that. And, and because it was a bit more difficult, the travelling and, and the stories came, you know, and they're yeah. stories that probably aren't going to be retold, <laughs> uh, not, not in an open space but behind closed doors and that's what I love about, um, you know, any sort of function that happens and they all get together and it's just unbelievable and their stories are fantastic. So I wanted to ask you about that because we've got Taylor here and, and, and all her cohort that are on the television all the time now, everyone knows who they are, which was very different to when you played for Australia. Do you look back and wish you were in Taylor's era or are you really comfortable and proud of what you've set up? For people like Taylor into the future, do you feel sort of shortchanged a little bit? Um, no, there's, it ebbs and flows. I mean, it's a good question because sometimes, because you get asked the question a lot, um, and so that you probably get reminded of it more so than other people than yourself. Mm. And I, and you're sort of, and it's always that comparison, you know, like, but it's a better comparison now than what it was because it used to be, my comparison used to be like I was the, when I first sort of came in on the scene, I was the um, female Merv Hughes. Like you saw Merv Hughes when he was playing, big moustache and big belly. <laughs> like I'm going, this is a bit unkind, you know. And then and then 
you know, I'd been already been playing for like a few years and then Brett Lee came on the scene and then I was the female Brett Lee. I'm going, give me a break. Like, why isn't he the male version of me? You know, I've been around a bit longer than him. Um, so now it's great to have the comparisons, you know, between the same gender, you know, and we'd be asked questions. I remember getting asked, you know, when do you think a, a female will play in the men's team? I go, why? <laughs> you know, like it doesn't, That's a classic th- you know, so... So I think it's um, the comparisons and, and stuff back then to now are really different. I think it's really important that, um, you know, that young females, and I've probably gone off track with this answer now because I've kind of forgotten the question, um, but but I think it's really important that, um, you know, that, that the girls are seeing, you know, and, yeah. and what they can can become. It's interesting because I've got um, three young kids, 10, 7 and 5, and they love their cricket. But when they turn the cricket on, they're turning the cricket on. They're not turning the men's cricket on or the yeah. women's cricket on. They're watching cricket. It doesn't matter yeah. to them whether they're um, the girls or the boys. They just love watching cricket. And I think that's sort of like what's happened is it's um, women's cricket has been normalised to the point that it's it's just cricket, which is the way it should be. Yeah, it always has been that. And yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I think yeah. there's, there's, there's almost been a, a change somewhere along the line that it's it's cricket. Well, I don't know how many female Don Bradmans there'd been. You know, like you go back in time when I played, uh, and I've still got clippings. Like, I, and as I said, like when I when I sort of became more aware of the female team, I was I was getting the papers cutting out clippings. And you know, a couple of years ago, I did a reno on my house and went up in the attic and got some stuff out. And there's some amazing stuff that was written and remind you of what it was like back then. But there has been so many female Bradmans, and that's just how there was. You know, instead of saying, "Oh, they're the next Meg Lanning," you know, this is a protege or whatever. It was always so, you know, there was, you know, uh, Belinda Clark was the female Bradman. Before her, it was, you know, uh, Belinda Haggart. And before her, it was, you know, it was always that comparison that had to be, this person had to be like a male player to have any sort of, um, I guess, kudos in the game. Which is, um, it's it's great that it's not that now. Yeah. And what about you, Taylor, as someone that's emerging and coming through? Someone might want to bowl fast and be like the next Taylor. Yeah, that's kind of weird, isn't it? It's but weird. It's true, but yeah, it, it, it's it cool. Is, yeah. It's weird. It's weird to think about. I suppose, like, yeah, it's weird that's you, but it's it's cool to think about. And like, it's like what Fitzy said. Like, I've probably like if people were to compare me to someone, they would compare me to Fitzy, or like the next Fitzy, or mm. trying to be what Fitzy did, which is cool. Like, and I'd rather that than being you know being compared to I don't know Pat Cummins, who I you know, often get compared to. Um, from an injury perspective but yeah I think that's really cool and I just think like even back to the um televised stuff like the amount of conversations I've heard just being around here like the lady in the cafe this morning she she's this is the first time she's like seeing cricket right she just works for the cafe and like even she had a conversation with me for about five minutes about the three different WBBL games that were on Sunday and how she loved watching all the Vic girls that she like now knows and like loved just watching the cricket she said she sat down and watched cricket all Sunday which is pretty cool that, like, even for someone with a little interest in the actual game is still just interested in the people um, mm. in the game as well, which I just think is really cool and it just shows that even though the, the product back when Fitz was playing was, I'm sure, like the same standard if not better than what we're playing now, that it's just cool that people can now see it, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's that accessibility thing yeah. and opportunity. Just I would love to, to have there. been able to watch Fitz. Like, as I said, like, I don't know, it's probably a bit of a nuffy thing to do, but I've, like, definitely Googled, like, videos of Fitz bowling and stuff. And the only stuff you can find is, like, it's pretty poor quality and it's on YouTube and, it's like, it's just... The like, vision's poor the, quality or my bowling? <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely the vision fits, definitely the vision. Um, but it's just, like, you know, like a couple of random clips on, like, YouTube. 
Whereas now, like, you go on AMS and you can find every ball that's been bowled in the past 10 years. Yeah. So it's like that just would have been really cool if, yeah, you could have watched that back well, then. That, that's I what I wanted to ask. That's why I sort of asked the question about do you feel shortchanged? But then in a way, also when it was the way it was, it was not harder but it was it was just different. Yeah, it was it was different. Um, but sort of – and you go back – just when Taylor was speaking about that, I remember, like, so when I was um, – inducted in the ICC Hall of Fame. We're, at, um, we're in London and um, they put a video package together. So I'm up on stage and I saw that for the first time. And I actually saw a vision of myself in some instances for the first time. Some of it, I was thinking, oh, God, I look like a dick doing that. A couple of celebrations <laughs> that were a little bit embarrassing. Um, but to actually see it and think, where, where has this vision been? You know, I hadn't seen it myself. So it was quite, you know, it was, it was, it got, I got goosebumps sitting there watching it going, shit, that's me, you know. Um, and that's a thing. And like, and, and going to, I've done different, things uh, from an ACA point of view, people like Merv Hughes, and you go to a, you know, a sporties night with Merv Hughes and they just flock around him and he doesn't have to tell a story because they're all telling him what he did. You know, I was there the day you did this and he, he'll just add a little bit of mayo to it, you know. Um, and he, he doesn't have to remember stuff because it's repeated to him, you know, all these stats and everything he did. And with us, like, I don't know how many games I played. I don't know how many wickets I took because it's not constantly, <laughs> but it's not constantly sort of repeated back to you, you yeah. know. Um, so I think that that's, um, that's a fantastic thing. But our, you know, the, the, we were fortunate in the era that we played and we were fortunate because the women that played before us did, did it so much harder as well, you know. They were on the boat knitting their own jumpers. Can you imagine you do much knitting? No, I'm not so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just not about, the strength yeah, of mine, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, so, um, you know, those, <laughs> those stories are fantastic. So, I, you know, and the, 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 free, like, the girls today, like I think a lot of time spent rooming by themselves like yeah a lot of stories come through the challenges of some of the rooms that you put in and your roommates and uh, the stories around uh, you know the dynamics of the side and stuff like that I'm sure that stuff all happens now but it was just uh it was just different and I think you know the word I used earlier was maybe a little bit sanitized and you know these girls have to be more aware of how they behave and stuff like that where we probably got away with a fair bit when we were (laughs) chucking around yeah so we, we spent a lot of time talking about bowling fast but there's bowling fast is also being successful. You're yeah. the first person to 100 international wickets, women, yeah. women's wickets, um, which is an incredible achievement. Do you, sometimes does that get lost a bit about, okay, yeah, you bowl really fast and you terrified people with, yeah. with how quickly you bowl, but you also bowl very well and very successfully. Yeah, and I think that's like I'll, whenever I've got an audience, I'll let them know that. I, I think that I was tactically quite, you know, like um, – I studied the batters and I think I was really good at being able to pick up those, just those little um, bits that would, um, uh, technique faults that would, would get me a wicket. Um, but I, I, you know, I really think that Taylor, people will say to me, and I don't know why, but a lot of people say like, oh, didn't you captain Australia? You know, the, the stories, the mayo gets on. And I said, no, 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 I was Belinda captain, but generally when we were bowling, I'd do the captaincy, you know, <laughs> anyone. Um, but um, she was our batting captain. Um, hello to Belinda. Um <laughs> Yeah, but I yeah I, I I put a lot of time and effort into that. So I'd, I'd look when when Johnny Harmer came in as our coach, we were videoing games, and it wasn't like it is that you just press a button on your phone or get sent. You know, we would and I'd look at um, not only look at my own action and see if I if I thought that I'd had a day where I didn't bowl well to somebody, I'd, I'd after the game would go through it and have a look and look for you know subtle differences. What am I doing differently here? 
um, and what do I need to change because we'd be playing in a series, so you'd be playing the same team again, then, you know, not necessarily in a World Cup format. So I studied that a lot, but in doing that too, I was also looking at the batters and trying to work out tactically how to get them out, but not only just for myself, you know, like for we had Karen Rolton who, you know, left armour and swung the ball really well. She wasn't overly quick, but sometimes that was going to be a better matchup. Um, you know, from me up one end and instead of a Charmaine Mason, who was a fantastic cricketer and had she stayed in the game, would have been one of the all, a great player and would have been very, very high up in the wicket-taking. She was a fantastic and skillful bowler um, and a Victorian as well. Um, so she would have, um, she would have, you know, um, no, I've gone off track there. Um, but with, <clears throat> you know, I think for me, that's what I did. I worked hard on my game, but I also worked hard on the tactical component and I loved it. Not everyone does. But I used to love sitting and analysing opposition and, and seeing how can, not only, as I said, myself, but how can we as a team and what are, and Taylor mentioned it before, what are the matchups? Where you're in a team meeting, well, you know, this is the best matchup. Um, who's the best matchup in any situation? That's I think that's was a lot to do my, my success. Being quick is great, but if you're not sort of, you know, ma- marrying that up with your ability to, you know, have your plans um, and execute them more often than not, then you're not going to have as much success. So I think a lot a lot of it came down to that. You didn't captain Australia, but you coached Australia World Cup, so, you know. Yeah. yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Um, a couple more questions before before we let you go. Um, you've done so much. I, I'd sort of joked at the start about cricket royalty, but the reality is that it, you, you are. What are you most proud of? Oh, yeah, everything you've done as a player, as a coach? Yeah. There's, look, there's, there's lots. When I look back, I, I get more... It's when you meet people. So I've just um, I've been in a, a new role, a working career. So I changed working careers at you know fifty four, um, and working with um, people that um, know a little bit about cricket and stuff like that. And it's kind of when you go to work and the next day you see them again and they go like, oh, I googled you, you know, and they start start telling you about yourself and stuff. So you know, in my line of work, at you know, I'm I'm a PSO now, so I'm on platforms working shifts for you know ten hours. So it keeps the conversation going with your offsider for a long time. But I think. Look, there's lots of things, but I think it's the people more so than anything, and the and the friendships that you know you retain through it. Um, it's a to me, and I've always said like uh, cricket's a community. You know, like for me, club cricket's a massive community. And I think if I look back, and uh, you know, like I'm a I'm a 14, 15 year old rat bag of a kid, um, but I had some really good friends and their parents that were able to give me opportunities that I probably wasn't going to have. So cricket gave me opportunities that had I not had that community, I wouldn't have had those opportunities. So I think I'm most proud of um, the connections that I've made throughout and the friendships that I've retained. Um, I'm, I'm me that played cricket at a high level, you know, so I'm more proud of, um, as I said, the stuff that I've done away from it, but cricket gave me the opportunity to achieve those things. So um but if you, if you talk about uh, trophies and things like that in in the cabinets, um, like there's lots. There's the ones I celebrated hardest, to be honest, would be club club cricket premierships because when we were playing, we spent all our time. We were training twice a week as well as our state training, but we spent you know a lot mm-hmm. of time um, together as a club. So um, we had lots lots and lots of celebrations. Um, so yeah, there's um, there's lots to be proud of, uh, and it's hard to just single out. A particular. Yeah, and I mean, I was probably being unfair because it's a difficult question, but it's because it's so broad what you've achieved as a player and as a coach. But I think the one thing that stands out to me is your resilience. To be a, a fast bowler and to be at the highest level for 15 years, 
the achievements for Victoria, multiple championships for Victoria. Um, it's there's a lot there. Yeah, there is a sort of um, yeah, and you get as I said, like um, you get reminded of it, reminded of it through others, like and and that's sort of that was a story I was trying to tell at work. You know, some people that are meeting you for the first time and then they look and they sort of go, and there you can see that they actually kind of think, oh, you know, I'm talking to you, and I'm going like, yeah, but I'm just me. Like before you knew I played cricket, our conversations were great. So I'm I'm me first, and and I'm a, a cricketer second. You know, um, but yeah, just a bit. Yeah, proud. and I mentioned Rach earlier. You know, there's Rach is one story, but there's plenty of players. Like I remember a young Molly Strano as well. Mm. You know, coming through so to actually, th- those are the things that make you proud. And it's not watching them necessarily play, which is you know you love to see it because you think, gee whiz, I remember when you know <laughs> Molly was. She'll she'll tell you she was a little bit chubby. Um, <laughs> But I just remember, you know, Molly as a young player coming into the squad and look at her now, just all those players and, you know, that and that was me as a coach. Um, but then I look at somebody like Claire Smith who was a great teammate who's now on the board of CA and she'll do a fantastic job. So I look at I look at her as, as, as a young kid starting out and, and we were teammates and then the relationship changed from player-coach. Um, it was But what stayed constant was a friendship the whole time throughout those sort of different roles and stuff. And then I look at her now and I just think like... These are uh, women that have done, played and balanced a work, life, career, study and they've gone on and, and doing wonderful things outside of cricket as well, I think is um, they're the things to be proud of. I think legacy is a word that comes to mind, Taylor, when it comes to Catherine. 100%. Yeah. Um, before we let you go, what does Victorian cricket mean to you? We've talked about the whole broad thing of Australia and, and whatever else, but Victorian and what what cricket in Victoria means to you when you look back? Yeah, there's um there's plenty of bloody good stories to be honest. So we played we played two week tournaments back in the day. Um, so we you know we whether it was in Perth or Queensland or whether and it, um but it was it was so tough and it was really competitive and it was a, you were accountable. You know when I first came into a, a Victorian senior game, so we I played some under eighteen stuff and some under twenty ones. And then when I came into that senior setup, it was it was brutal, you know. Like if I'm I'm at training and there's Sharon Tridgeway, you know, and there's Kerry Saunders, there's Karen Brown, you know, with there's Australian players there. And I'm just, you know, I'm just a 21 year old kid and they're established players and I just didn't want to put a foot wrong, you know. So it was intimidating. And it wasn't intimidating because they made it that. It was because, you know, there, there was an aura about those players. You know, so and I, I wanted so I, Kerry Saunders was a great runner. So any time we were doing, you know, the sprints, it was like oh, I need to try and beat her. You know, so it was they just just through their presence, they just lifted it to the next level. Um, and it was just and it was fierce. You know, and we had really honest change room discussions. You know, you you knew when you did well, but you also knew when they need you to do better. Um, and that was both on and off the field. You know, around preparation and all those things as well. So so for me, um, we had a you know. Great friendships, but also it was a place that um, it, it was fierce. And that started, as I said earlier, that was club cricket as well. So we would day in, day out, like a club cricket on the weekend, and that was the best training that we could have for Vic, playing for Victoria and then onwards because it, it was fierce. Um, and as I said, the big word for me was the, the accountability and you didn't want to let anyone down. You know, I'm, I'm doing this because I'm part of this team. This is what they expect. And if I don't measure up or if I don't at least put the effort and it wasn't about your skill level it was about the effort you know to make sure that my effort is exactly what they they want me to be so um but I I loved that and I thrived on that you know because I felt like um not no one was relying on me 
whatsoever, but there was an expectation. I knew exactly what it was. There was no sort of foggy bits around that. So, yeah, it's fierce, fierce, I guess, um, and, and accountability, and I guess that's probably the, um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was good fun. How would uh, Catherine go with you doing all your ballet at the moment, Taylor? <laughs> I don't know. It might surprise you, Fish. She might be pretty good at it. Well, I'll tell you what. When you said it earlier, so good Cle- jumps and stuff, I reckon. Clea Smith's grandmother used to come and watch watch us play a yeah. lot, and um, she used to, and she was lovely, lovely. And but she used to, and I don't know why, but she would say all the time to me, she goes, "I love watching you bowl. It's just like watching a ballerina." That's there what. That's so interesting because obviously the dancers, like it's like, this has been probably one of the better parts of it. It's like very refreshing environment, similar to Fitzy's work now. Like no one knows, they have no idea about cricket. Right? The first time I went there, I said I batted 11 and tried to make a bit of a joke about it saying that I got a promo to 10, right, just to kind of like, I was a bit nervous. And they were like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. Like you're not, they have, what's there, like 20 in the team? And I'm like, <laughs> all right, like I know where I am now, like cricket chart, like that's great. So like they have no idea about cricket and they've been asking like as I've been progressing and go, I've been in there for six months now whatever. And so they ask, I'll be like, oh, like show us what your action looks like. Like literally no idea of cricket, right? And I'll like run in and I'll be like, oh, my God, that looks like this. And they'll like wheel off some like ballet term that I've obviously got no idea about. And, yeah, apparently, like, a lot of the movement, like, a lot of the bowling action, like, it actually is very similar to a lot of the stuff they do in dance. Obviously, you're not running in and, like, yeah, letting a ball go and stuff, but <laughs> there is actually a few correlations, I think. So, so. You, you could be Swan Lake before you're back playing <laughs> well, WBBL. You know, I did ask if I could get, like, a bit of an understudy <laughs> role and they looked at me and changed the conversation very quickly. So I'm not sure I'm going to get it. But, um, yeah, I think there's, like, a lot of um, similarities in, like, terms of, like I'm quite hypermobile and flexible and stuff and a lot of them they are as well. So like in here, if I start moving my elbows and stuff, like that, what is normal to me, people look at me like I'm broken. <laughs> but in there it's like nothing. Like literally I'm like nowhere near as flexible or, you know, mobile yeah. as any of them guys. So, yeah, it's been kind of cool. All right, last question, promise. This is the hardest one of the lot. This is for you, Catherine. Are you faster than Taylor? Can I answer it for her? No. Oh. At what? At cricket. Oh, Who cricket. bowls the fastest right now? Right now, no, right now. No, no, she's no. got me by about at, 120 your peak, games. I would, to be honest, right now. <laughs> at your peak and at Taylor's peak, oh, who's faster? Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And Tay, Tay said it earlier. It's like some days it's just quick and it depends on your mindset. Also, a lot depending on who you're bowling to. Like I used to love like Rolly when we were playing state cricket. I'd be like, Rolly was a fantastic batter, but she didn't like it around the ears. Um, so I used to find an extra few kilometres when I was bowling a Rolly, but it just depended, you know. So, um, but the I don't know, I don't know. But does does the answer matter? Well, it does it does to me? My, <laughs> Taylor, my answer again. would be that I still think I think Fitz is quicker, and I also think Fitz is more intimidating. I'm working on my intimidation factor, but I just don't have it. You're like, too nice. Well, I'm trying. Wait a minute. Like, <laughs> No, but, no, I'm, I'm working towards getting like what you were. I still, I used to get in trouble and Rach um, was like a prime one for it actually. She like, I'd be at training and like I'm fine when I'm running into bowl and then as soon as I let it go, like as soon as it actually does what I intended, like if it hits the batter or like something happens, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And then Rach is like, why? You, like why? Like the batter doesn't apologise to you when they hit you for four. Like what are you doing, mate? And I'm like, yeah, it's a great point. Exactly. It's a great point. A lot, of it's, a lot of it's bluff, you yeah. know. The, the, a lot of it's bluff, a bit, bit further in your follow-through and all those sorts of things. But like um, I, I just remember it's probably back to something like playing in a, a two-week tournament and we were up in Brisbane and um, we didn't travel with physios so they'd set up 
Um, and all the teams would be, say, if you nudgy and there'd be three or four grounds there, but there'd be a tent. So, um, you know, you'd day le- tent. <laughs> it was it was the physio tent. So oh. there might be three or four physios. And I remember I must have got whacked when I was batting and had a corky or something or, or I had a niggle or something. So I went in this morning into the physios and, I don't know, it was, um, you know, four or five days in the tournament and, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a fast bowler. Oh, who do you play for? Oh, I play for Victoria. Oh, well, so what's your name? And I said, oh, Catherine. Da, da. And she said, oh, so it's you. And I said, what what have, what have I done? She said, all the bruises that I'm coming in. So everyone was coming in because I was whacking them, getting them all in the thighs and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that was a... That was funny and you kind of, of think about, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm whacking a few of them, so it's not too bad. But, um, yeah, but a lot of that, that, what you're talking about, that intimidation part of it, a lot of it, like, it's just banter with your teammates yeah. as well. And, it, yeah. and it's bluff. Yeah. Most of it's bluff, you know. Like, you might get up into the batter's grill a little bit and just, you know, and a lot of it is is not, to me, that's not a sledge. It's around some really good coaching tips, you know, to pass on to them. And then you, you turn around and your teammates will see your face and your whole demeanour changes because, you know, you give them a, um, you know, you're all in on it together, like having having some fun. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it's an important part of it, but a lot of it's just bluff. I think the short answer to the question, though, is yes, Fitz is definitely fast. <laughs> just want that on air. No worries. Look, it's great for you to come in. Really appreciate it to share all the stories and, um yeah, just it's been a special little uh, 45 minutes or so. So thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. And, Taylor, thank you for helping me out. No, and good luck with the recovery and we'll see you again soon. Yeah, fingers Hopefully crossed. Hopefully on the cricket field, not on the <laughs> on the ballet stage. Yeah, no, definitely on the cricket field. The yeah. boys uh, are out playing Sheffield Shield cricket as we're having this conversation uh, in battle with WA. So it's been uh, great to have uh, both uh, the girls in today. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you again next week.